Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Compelling content. Provocative perspectives. Relevant music news, interviews, and insights. This is Sound Matters with Tom Liu. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Tom Liu. This is an episode we call Highlights and Hits, featuring select segments from a recent Sound Matters live broadcast. Enjoy and stay tuned in. Dresner, you're listening to Sound Matters with Tom Liu. Liu. <laughs> just do the very, just do, do, do it again. <laughs> it's, <laughs> see what you did there is what everybody does. Liu, Leao, Loao. I, I know. Lo. It's okay, just Liu, like Liu, like the first name. Like Liu. Like Liu. Oh, like Liu, like, like the first name. Okay, like like L O U, but it's L E U. Okay, okay. Yeah. okay. Hi guys, this is Amy Dresner, the author of My Fair Junkie, a memoir of getting dirty and staying clean, and you're listening to Sound Matters with Tom Liu. Hey, it's Chris Jericho Fozzi, and you're listening to Tom Liu, the sexy beast, on Sound Matters Radio, the greatest in the planet. is Sound Matters with Tom Liu. Visit us online at soundmatters.tv. Hey, welcome to the program. How you doing? I'm Tom Liu. Thanks for joining me. Sound Matters Radio. We entertain matters in music communication and motivation. Thanks for joining us here. This is episode number, drum roll please, Mr. Christian Liu. It's episode number 48. 48, we're pushing the big 5-0. 5-0 is a significant number for me. I was just <laughs> going to say. the show knows. I just turned 5-0, what, month and a half ago or so on the show here. So those of you who listen, thanks for joining me on the radio show. Soundmatters.tv, that's our website. Head on over there. A lot of our past episode podcasts are there for you to listen to. They're also out there on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker. Tune in, you name it, we are out there. Send me an email, soundmatters at TomLew.com. It's T-O-M-L-E-U.com. That's how you can reach me. I'm getting a lot of emails lately from people saying they're listening to the show. They're appreciating the show, and I appreciate that. Sometimes on the Sound Matters show, we'll run a rewind episode. We'll play an episode from our archives in its entirety and kind of run those every now and again because uh, schedules don't allow for us to do a live show every single week, but we do it most, most weeks. This week is kind of special for me. I like to hit on pop culture things and stuff that, I don't know, was important to me in my era and stuff. Anyone listening, you might appreciate it. If you've been listening to the show, you know I feature stuff that we would call today classic rock. This is a big week in music history, Christian. This week, 
Beavis and Butthead. That's right, the famous cartoon duo. They turned 25 years old, and it's just amazing. That show debuted 25 years ago, back in 1993. And I got a little piece here I want to reach. A guy named Joe Summerlad from The Independent wrote a pretty cool overview on that. I want to hit on some of the high points of that. The Beavis and Butthead show. Anybody listening out there remember that show? Did you grow up listening to that, watching that show. I sure did. It was a great show, but more than just a goofy cartoon, the show had a lot of stuff going on. It was a pioneering show. It was a cartoon series starring, if you don't know, two jabbering metalheads, protagonists. They were obsessed with sex and violence. First broadcast a quarter of a century ago this week, 25 years ago, neatly skewering the generation it claimed to represent. The show first aired on MTV all the way back March the 8th, 1993. Amazing. Created by a guy named Mike Judge, who you may have heard of. He's gone on to a lot of things. The original run of Beavis and Butthead cartoons aired from 1993 to 1997, and it uh, coincided neatly with the uh, first four years of the President Bill Clinton administration back in those days. A quarter of a century on, the DNA strands of the Beavis and Butthead influence can be traced through almost all of the comedy and animation that has followed Shows like South Park, which is still on, to the show Jackass, to the Inbetweeners. The show influenced a lot of what came after it. But as Joe from The Independent goes on to say, these jabbering masturbators seldom get the recognition they deserve. It's wrong, and there's a high time that they should be recognized for what they did. Now, if you're too young to recall the antics of Beavis and Butthead, these guys were these clueless pair who were without parental oversight or aspirations. They were always sitting on a couch in a dead-end town. They didn't have any realistic prospects and no interest beyond their favorite kind of music, which was, in their case, heavy metal. They liked girls. They liked random acts of vandalism. They watched TV. They passed judgment on whether the music videos they saw sucked or not and dropped bowling balls stuffed with explosives from rooftops. Highbrow stuff, no doubt. They were moronic wasters with zero political conscience. They nevertheless instantly struck a chord with Generation X viewers of MTV, which, by the way, if you're doing the math, that's me, folks, and anyone of that particular age bracket, who reveled in seeing their own disaffection and uh, faithfully represented and simultaneously sent up on the screen. A phenomenon was born from Beavis and Butthead, spawning everything from T-shirts to albums and video games. Beavis and Butthead were both authentic and a highly accurate presentation of adolescence as they actually are, bewildered in a word. A million miles from the Colgate smiles of shows that were popular at the time, shows like Saved by the Bell, Dawson's Creek, and the O.C., Beavis and Butthead were quite a departure from that at the time. They were touchingly codependent, similar in manner to Laurel and Hardy, soulmates who have nothing else in this world but their companionship and shared sense of humor. There's a real poignancy there, and it goes on to talk about the, the goofy jokes and all the stuff that they did on the show. And again, you had to look a little bit deeper beyond the antics, and you could see there was something deeper going on. Mike Judge, the creator, had been studying for a postgraduate degree in math at the University of Texas at the time when he first began experimenting with homemade animation cells in the late 1980s. He acquired this 16 millimeter film camera teaching himself the craft from library books. 
a physics graduate and a musician who grew up in Albuquerque, Judge had previously worked in the office of a software company. He developed programming for fighter jets before relocating to California to take a job with a tech startup. These experiences would provide the basis for his two best-known live-action productions, which came later, the cult movie Office Space, you may remember that one, and his current HBO sitcom, Silicon Valley. Judge wrote, directed, and voiced both of the characters, Beavis and Butthead, gradually building outwards to take in Highland High School and the Burger World restaurant where they don't work, adding such memorable supporting players as Principal McVicker, hippie teacher Mr. Van Driesen, and neighborhood Tom Anderson, who became the prototype for Judge's next all-American hero, one that you're familiar with, Christian, Hank Hill. Also, Mike Judge Creations. You're, you're familiar with Hank Hill, right, Christian? Oh, yeah, propane. Part of the appeal of Beavis and Butthead and their successor series, King of the Hill, is Judge's outsider perspective starting out as a working stiff and a hobbyist with no ties to the New York or Los Angeles entertainment scenes. Got somebody on the line here? Put them out. Someone wants to talk about Beavis. Who do we got on the line? Hey, it's Kurt. How you doing? Hey, Kurt. What's happening? Welcome to Sound hey. Matters. You a Beavis hey. and Butthead fan? Oh, huge Beavis and Butthead fan, yeah. I, I think I was 30 when they came out, yeah. You know, just enjoy it. it, it you said be the, the yeah. uh, But uh, didn't Mike Judge also do King of the Hill? Yeah, he went on to do that. Hank Hill and King of the Hill was also his creation that came after that, and definitely. And uh, believe it or not, I have every Beavis and Butthead episode. Do on, you? On beta. Wow. So, that, yeah, that, that's a while ago. That's yeah. impressive that you have every one of those. So you were a huge fan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you go see the movies as well? Of course I did, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. I loved but, it. It was must-see TV for me back then, Kurt. I, I had to watch it. I, it was a nice little release. It uh, gave me a good laugh and all that. But also, like I'm kind of pointing out here, there was a lot more to it underneath, and it really did spawn a whole bunch of stuff that came afterwards. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to break out the, the VCR and... See if I can't get uh, see if I can't get my laugh back on. So yeah. There you go. Well, Kurt, thanks for calling. I'm glad to hear there's a fellow Beavis and Butthead fan out there as well as myself. So thanks for listening to the show. Appreciate it. Take care, man. All right, take care. So we got some Beavis and Butthead fans. They struck a chord with a lot of people. It's interesting because while Beavis and Butthead was very popular back in its 90s heyday, it no doubt presents problems for the modern viewer sometimes. There's plenty of, if you look back at those episodes, there's plenty of, as, as Joe writes here from The Independent, some casual homophobia sometimes in some of the dialogue there. Beavis's uh, Hispanic accent for Cornholio <laughs> could certainly cause offense to some folks interested in seeking it these days. Not me. It didn't bother me any. You know, they were just having a good time. But the characters themselves, incidentally, would no doubt regard such naysaying as the work of, quote, bungholes, dillweeds, and butt munches, as, as they would say. It was a cool show. You know, what would we be if we didn't have a little bit of this going on? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. A little Beavis and Butthead for you here on the Sound Matter Show. That's right. This is highbrow stuff. This is good stuff on the program. As Mike Judge would later observe when he did a recent interview with podcaster Mark Marin in 2015, he says, quote, dumbasses are universal. And with a prime example currently holed up in Washington, what better time to send for the twin emissaries of American idiocy? They've even got bouffant 
hair. So there you go. That's from Mike Judge, the uh, creator of Beavis and Butthead. So I just wanted to send a shout out. Happy birthday to Beavis and Butthead. I think we have not seen the last of those guys. I think they're going to come back. I don't know if the timing is right for it now as a resurgence, but at least uh, it's still out there and uh, doing its thing. And I like to celebrate it because it was a Gen X phenomenon and it went on to do a lot of things. It was very groundbreaking at the time. Welcome back to Sound Matters. There you go. A little more Beavis and Butthead for you. It's the Sound Matters, soundmatters.tv. We just paid some tribute to uh, the Beavis and Butthead celebrating their 25th anniversary. That's right, folks. Sound Matters Radio. This is highbrow stuff here. If uh, you're not a fan of Beavis and Butthead, my apologies, but not really. It's one of those sorry, not sorry things. We had Kurt calling in last segment who was a huge fan. Has every episode on beta, he said. That's impressive right there. That's a that's a super fan if there ever was one. I am Cornelio. I want to do a little bit of This Week in Music History. If you've listened to the show before, you know I kind of highlight some things that went on in music history the week of this airing of the program, the broadcast. We're in March here, the early part of March at the time of this broadcast. And just so much stuff that goes on in music history. I find it fascinating. A few things. For example, back in 2003, this week, the great ACDC are inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame by Aerosmith Steven Tyler. The band went on to play... Highway to Hell, and then performed You Shook Me All Night Long with Tyler on the program. Back in 1984, this week, Ian Gillen, formerly of Deep Purple, currently with Deep Purple, leaves Black Sabbath. After only a year with the band, he later says, I was the worst singer Black Sabbath ever had. He goes on to rejoin his claim to fame and alma mater, Deep Purple. 1981, this week, Jimmy Page takes the stage for the first time since the breakup of Led Zeppelin, where he joins Jeff Beck for some encores at a London show. 1973, this week, Pink Floyd releases their eighth studio album. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Dark Side of the Moon in the United States. And it remains on the U.S. charts, forget this, a staggering 741 weeks. That's right. From 1973 all the way to 1988, longer than any other album in history still to this day. The album then moves to the Billboard Top Pop Classic chart and logs another 759 weeks. Sales have topped at the time of this broadcast an estimated 45 million copies worldwide. Unbelievable. Did a whole segment last year on an earlier episode of Sound Matters where we kind of highlighted and spotlighted the Dark Side of the Moon record. And uh, man, what a classic record that is and what a run it had, as I indicated there. Speaking of Led Zeppelin, 1981, Robert Plant performs his first solo concert since the breakup of Led Zeppelin. Keith Moon in 1976, famous Who drummer, collapses on stage at the beginning of a concert. 
at uh, the Boston Garden. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 1990, the Seattle band Mother Love Bone. I don't know if you remember those guys or not. Plays their last show at the Central in Seattle. Their lead singer, Andrew Wood, later dies of a heroin overdose just 10 days later. 2016, Sir George Martin, the quote, fifth Beatle dies in his sleep in England. He was 90 years old. If anyone earned the title of the fifth Beatle, it was George, Paul McCartney said in a statement. From the day that he gave the Beatles our first recording contract to the last time I saw him, he was the most generous, intelligent, and musical person I've ever had the pleasure to know. He was like a second father to me, McCartney says. Martin spent seven years with the Beatles, the most successful group in music history, and produced virtually all of their albums. He also worked with countless others over a career that spanned decades, including Peter Sellers, Shirley Bassey, the band America, Cheap Trick, that's right, George Martin, the the fifth Beatle, he produced Cheap Trick's 1980 album. All Shook Up, Cheap Trick's 1980 record, All Shook Up. Jeff Beck, he worked with, he worked with UFO, Ultravox, and Celine Dion. Elton John had Martin produce his updated version of Candle in the Wind, done in honor of Princess Diana in 1997. 23 Martin Productions hit number one in the United States, along with 30 in the UK. Other things happening this week in music history, bass player Mike Starr from the band Alice in Chains passed away in 2011 of a prescription drug overdose in Salt Lake City. He was just 44 years old. Mike was actually the last person to see also passed away. Alice in Chains member Lane Staley alive. He blamed himself partly for Staley's death. Starr also appeared on Celebrity Rehab in 2010 with fellow recovering addicts Mackenzie Phillips and Tom Sizemore. I remember that show, that 2010 uh, Celebrity Rehab. Mike was doing his best to get clean and stay clean. Obviously, he didn't uh, succeed in that. Big loss. If you think about it, Alice in Chains, I've talked about them a lot on this show. One of my favorite bands of all time. Half the band, both Lane and Mike, the original band, have passed away no longer with us from drugs. Drugs aren't good, kids. If you're listening, kids young, kids old, don't do them. It's a dead-end road. It ends nowhere good. Uh, There you go. There's your, your PSA. 1970, this week in music history, Simon and Garfunkel's album Bridge Over Troubled Water started a 10-week run at number one on the U.S. chart. The duo had split up, interestingly enough, by the time of the album's release. 1975, David Bowie releases his ninth studio album, a great one called Young Americans. Went on to be gold in the United States not long after that. Also released this week some album releases along with David Bowie's Young Americans. The Beatles released their Past Masters Volume 1 and 2. I don't know if you remember those. Those were actually a Greatest Hits compilation, which there's plenty of Beatles Greatest Hits compilations. But these were Past Masters. They were alternate takes of some master recordings of some of their most well-known songs, which was really, really cool to hear. If you're a Beatles fan, you got to hear some different kinds of um, versions 
versions of some of the songs that you've came to know and love. 2004, this week in music history, David Crosby from Crosby, Stills, and Nash fame, of course. He's arrested and charged with criminal possession of a weapon and marijuana after leaving his bag in a New York hotel. The luggage was found by a hotel employee looking for identification, but who instead found the handgun and marijuana. Crosby had previously spent a year in the Texas prison after a conviction on drug-related weapons charges that landed him there back in 1985. So he's just, the guy had a lot of stuff going on. I think, I think he's clean and sober today, doing pretty well, if memory serves. 2000, this week in music history, Eric Clapton, speaking of rock and roll hall inductions, is inducted, making him the first person to be inducted three times He was also inducted as a member of the Yardbirds and Cream. Potentially, Eric could be inducted four more times, technically, based on his membership in John Mayall's Blues Breakers, Blind Faith, with Steve Winwood, of course, Delaney and Bonnie and Friends, and Derek and the Dominoes. We'll see. Clapton could be one of the most decorated Rock Hall alumni of all time. There's a really cool Eric Clapton doc out there now, and I just watched it. It's pretty new. If you're a fan of Clapton, or if you're just a fan of music history in general, check it out. It's really, really well done. It's narrated by him, and there's a lot of photos and behind-the-scenes footage and stuff. And He's pretty honest in this doc about his struggles, speaking of addiction and recovery, with his whole journey that way. And um, so I would highly recommend the new Eric Clapton doc. It's pretty, pretty cool. Back in 2002, this week in music history, a milestone, speaking of TV shows, Christian, we were talking about Beavis and Butthead. In 2002, the very first episode of the Osbournes TV show was first aired on MTV in the United States. It focused on the madman, literally and figuratively, and his wife Sharon, and two of their three children. Oblivious to the camera, they bicker, squabble, curse, and hang out backstage at Ozzy shows. It was one of the most popular reality shows at the time and went on to spawn all kinds of things in its wake. Couldn't escape that show back then, the Osbournes. And, you know, it was not without its controversy. It portrayed Ozzy a lot of the times as this bumbling idiot. Did you watch a lot of it? Stoned half the time. Yeah, I, I, I used to watch it. I was curious because I wanted to see, you know, of course, I'm a huge fan of Ozzy and his music. Right. I didn't really like the show for that reason, though, because he was always portrayed as this, this idiot and um, clueless. Right. And stuff. Yeah. Again, I, we know now in hindsight that at the time he was still using a lot of drugs and things at the time. And so I think a lot of the camera time when we saw him, he was out of his mind. And that's part of the reason for his... Uh, it's you know, a likely, likely explanation there. I mean, that came out, I was still pretty young when that came out, but still, I remember seeing bits and pieces of the show, but when I was younger, reality TV wasn't as interesting as cartoons and other stuff was, but no, of course. I still yeah, definitely I saw it, and here and there, it probably reruns on different channels and stuff like that on MTV and whatnot. Hard to believe that that was 2002 that that first came out. I mean, 16 years ago at this point. Doesn't seem like that long ago, but that's how time flies, you know, when you're having fun. A couple other notes here. Music history this week, 1992, R.E.M., the great R.E.M. from Athens, Georgia, cleaned up in the Rolling Stone Music Awards winning album of the year for their great record, Out of Time. Artist of the year, best single for the song, Losing My Religion, best video for the same song, and best band, best guitarist, and best songwriter awards. And finally, this week in music history, kind of cap it off here, March the 5th, actually, 1982, we lost a great one. Actor and singer John Belushi 
dies from an overdose of cocaine and heroin at the Chateau Marmont Hotel in Hollywood. He was just, this is crushing, 33 years old. It's hard to believe. So young, 33 years old. Belushi was one of the original cast members, of course, on Saturday Night Live and played Juliet Jake Blues of the Blues Brothers and also famously appeared in the film Animal House. His tombstone has a skull and crossbones and reads, I may be gone, but rock and roll lives on. And there you go. A few notes there from this week in music history. You're listening to Sound Matters Radio. Hey, Ricky Rackman here. You know the guy you used to watch on Headbangers Ball? Oh, you didn't? Well, then maybe you should ask your parents. You're listening to Tom Liu with Sound Matters. This is Sound Matters with Tom Liu. Visit us online at soundmatters.tv. Welcome back to Sound Matters. I'm Tom Liu. Thanks for joining me. Episode number 48. Wrapped up uh, this week in music history segment. We're going to do that more and more on the show. I like to talk about some things that went on in history in the music and entertainment worlds, for that matter. And uh, one thing I touched on before the break I want to touch on here. I want to just send a shout out to the late, great Bradley Delp. You know Brad from the great rock and roll band Boston. Brad was the lead singer, of course. He passed away. By suicide, unfortunately, 11 years ago this week, back in 2007, Boston, of course, the American rock band from Boston, achieved their most notable successes during the 1970s and 80s, centered on the guitarist, keyboardist, songwriter, producer Tom Scholz, the band's staple classic rock radio playlist, includes songs that we all know and we hear time and time again on rock radio, more than a feeling, peace of mind, foreplay, longtime rock and roll band, Smokin' Don't Look Back, Amanda, they've sold more than seven. 75 million records. Unfortunately, Bradley took his own life by carbon monoxide poisoning 11 years ago, and he's missed one of the greatest rock and roll voices of all time, in my opinion. We've continued to miss Brad. So speaking of him and in honor of him, I want to play a classic track, a deep track from Boston. Nothing like the ones I just mentioned and sometimes overlooked and underplayed cut from the debut self-titled record. This one was originally titled San Francisco Day with lyrics that are even more meaningful and haunting today in the wake of Brad's death. In memory of the late, great Brad Delp on lead vocals, here's Boston's Hitch a Ride on Sound Matters Radio. Sound Matters with Tom Liu. Visit us online at soundmatters.tv. Welcome back to Sound Matters. I'm Tom Liu. Thanks for joining me. All right, wrapping up episode number 48 right here. This is the concluding piece. This is the thought of the day. This is the motivational part. It's called a Sound Matter Moment. And I write these are on our website out at soundmatters.tv. There's a whole library of those out there. If you want to check those out, go back and do that. I would appreciate it. This one here, it's called changes 
Inevitably, for most of us, the time comes when it becomes necessary to make changes to things that may have long been a part of who you are or who you thought you should be, but are now no longer serving you and possibly holding you back. We've all been there and maybe there again. It's part of being human when we realize we're stuck in a rut and we have some important decisions to make. Whether it's tweaking your act, adjusting your business approach, making a career move, or just reconsidering the real value of certain relationships you've been holding on to, the key is awareness followed by immediate action to usher in the necessary changes needed to go to the next level personally and professionally. The late great comedian George Carlin said this about his evolving comedy act back in the early 1970s. He said, I was doing superficial comedy, entertaining people who didn't really care. And I had been doing that for the better part of 10 years when it finally dawned on me that I was in the wrong places, doing the wrong things for the wrong people. One thing I've learned is that success, whatever that means to you, is directly proportional to your ability to endure and embrace change to make the necessary moves to get unstuck and out of ruts. This requires aligning yourself with positive people, the types of movers and shakers that push you and pull you up rather than dragging you down. People who encourage what can be done and not just complain about what supposedly cannot be. It's about having the stones to not run from or just rant about change, but to embrace it and use it to fuel you and your endeavors. David Bowie, he built his legendary career by continually reinventing himself, by changing his look, his sound, and his approach to creatively marketing himself and his music. He literally and figuratively changed himself several times over throughout the years. He said, turn and face the strange. Just gonna have to be a different man. You know, if you're honestly in the right places, doing the right things with the right people for the right reasons, then little change is necessary. It's getting to that point that's the hard part. So look in the mirror, make the tough decisions, and continue to make the necessary changes as needed to afford yourself the opportunities to excel at that thing or things you do. You really can't afford not to. And that's the Sound Matter moment. That one's called Changes. If you like those, again, they're on the website over at soundmatters.tv, along with almost every past episode or podcast. Download, listen to them on iTunes. We'll see you next week here on Sound Matters. My name is Tom Liu, and until we meet again, stay tuned in. Your source for music news, intriguing interviews, and the latest in entertainment. It's Sound Matters with Tom Liu on 1440 WROK and online at soundmatters.tv. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 